Hey man, welcome back to Three Pete Sports. I am your host, Ian Monhey. I'm recording again the late night. This is uh, just a couple of hours after the the Suns Clippers game. Uh, I know that the Nuggets Timberwolves game happened too. I didn't watch any of that. I, I've been doing homework for a little bit, but I'm only just taking a look. And Jesus Christ, 80 to 109 for the Nuggets. I mean, who would have thought, right? I mean, I think we all peg the Nuggets as um, as the favorites to win that series. But um, again, I hope you guys are doing well. Get heading into this stretch run for, for school. And i um, kind of excited. I've I'm been in this mood for, uh, you know, content creation and podcasting and whatnot, especially for this year's playoffs. I'm just really excited of what can happen this year. So um, I think... I'm not sure how the schedule is gonna gonna look like uh, for this podcast, but shoot, I feel I'm in the mood to pump out a lot of content right now because there's a lot that I could go on and on about, and we're gonna begin that today. Um, we're gonna start with the Suns Clippers, and I think this is all we're gonna talk about for tonight. Again, it's late night. I have school tomorrow, and I'm pretty tired, so I'm gonna try to get this get this done so in case you missed it the la clippers beat the phoenix suns in the first game in the first round of the playoffs 115 to 110 um Kawhi leonard led the way with 38 points on 13 to 24 shooting and 42 minutes played um on the sun side you have book durant with 26 and 27 points respectively uh there's a lot to take away uh, from this game and I think a lot of my stuff is going to come from the Suns end but I do want to uh, say some things about the Clippers again Kawhi Leonard over the last month I would say like post all-star break he has averaged uh, 27 points 7 rebounds and 4 assists per game uh, he's really looked like he is back into that Kawhi Leonard of old that we have all grown accustomed to and uh, that very clearly showed today. Um, I don't. I'm not so sure about the defensive end. Yeah, he had a block. He had a steal. He was definitely fine on that end. Offensively is where he's going to have to make his mark, especially in the absence of Paul George, who uh, I think it was reported by Woj that the uh, Clipper star Paul George is going to be out for this first round of the series, and that's not necessarily surprising, but it definitely hurts the Clippers in a way where they are a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, but that didn't, the Suns didn't take advantage of the the vulnerability that comes from that Clippers roster. Um, and Kawhi really led the way, particularly in that fourth quarter. He was um, pretty damn good. He dropped 13 points in that fourth quarter. Uh, he was drawing double teams in those last two minutes, two, three minutes that created open looks for guys like Terrence Mann, who had 10 points off the bench. Uh, guys like Eric Gordon, who ended with 19 points. I think that the gravity of Kawhi Leonard is really creating uh, these open looks for shooters like that. And you just kind of think, you know, Eric Gordon, he's one of those shooters. You really don't want to leave him open. He was 3 of 7 from downtown. Um, Norman Powell may not be the most efficient three-point shooter, but he's absolutely that scoring threat that you worry about, especially off the bench. 
Uh, he he got to the free throw line four times, and that's a far cry from what he's actually able to do coming off the bench. He's one of those annoying. Um, he he likes to go to the rim and draw fouls, and it, and that does get annoying. Let's just put it that way. But he's certainly a threat. Same with Terrence Mann. Same with Bones Highland, um, and Nick Batum. And Nick Batum had a had an off game today. Only played twenty one minutes. Only shot uh, three shots. But uh, you, you certainly have to account for a number of these role players being able to hit their open shots. I think the biggest key that uh, I thought the Suns had in their favor, at least, uh, you know, stuff could absolutely change. But there wasn't a, this roster isn't ideal when it comes to quick decision making. I feel like Kawhi Leonard does need the time to kind of process uh, the double teams and wait for looks to be created for his teammates. Um, you know, with back screens, there was so many back screens from Zubots uh, that led to open corner shots for a guy like Terrence Mann, right? I think that the Clippers are, I think Kawhi is going to be the key. I think that's relatively obvious. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to Russell Westbrook. You know, I do think, you know, from my son's bias perspective, that there was absolutely some some calls that needed to be made, but they didn't get called, so we're just going to live past it. Outside of his 3 of 19 shooting, which I don't expect a shooting performance as bad as that in the, the coming games, but you can certainly expect a couple of more stinkers coming from him. Um, only 9 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists on 3 of 19 shooting. Um, he had three blocks, he had two steals, and that included the, the block at the end, whatever you want to call it, uh, the defensive stop on Devin Booker at the end, uh, throwing the ball at Book's legs to end up going out of bounds and pretty much securing the win at that point. He also hit two big free throws to extend the lead to three with 18 seconds left, and uh, that's pretty good for a guy that shoots 66% from the free throw line. He really has shown a lot of heart. Uh, you do worry about, you know, how much heart can uh, you give out and how will that produce to a win if you're not statistically shooting the ball at a high enough level or scoring the ball at a good level. But he certainly made his impact felt even if he wasn't shooting the ball uh, good today. I think that the Clippers are still in a vulnerable spot. This was a very good game. The the guys, the pieces that were around, guys like Eric Gordon, guys like Norman Powell, absolutely played a huge role in this win. I just do not think that they had the pieces necessary to go ahead and guard Book and Durant. And I don't think that their first quarter... They won the first quarter, the Clippers, 30-18. to 18. I don't think that it was a matter of they were playing good defense on KD and Book, although they had, you know, a couple of um, couple of taps from behind here and there. But I think it was just a matter of they were missing the shots that they usually make. And in the playoffs, you, you need to make those, those shots to win these games. Um... I, see, I really don't think that they have an answer for those two, and I still feel relatively confident uh, in Phoenix's ability to score on this team. I really do. 
but whenever you have Kawhi Leonard, who is a consistent playoff elevator for himself and for his teammates, that's certainly something worrisome. Uh, and of course, with Ty Lue, you have to worry about him as a playoff head coach. He has notoriously been an excellent X's and O's adjustments, uh, mid-game adjustments coach for a number of years now. So I, I don't think they're definitely not an easy out. But I think that they're a little too, in my eyes, I think that they're in a vulnerable spot, even with this 1-0 series lead. And I think that's really all for the Clippers. I think that they were always going to be in a solid spot and that there was just going to be some holes that were going to be easy for the Suns to attack. I still feel that way right now about the Clippers. So we'll go to the Suns now interesting just such an interesting team this is uh i finally was able to get a lot of my emotions out uh in the last couple of hours to where this is not going to be some emotionally rage driven episode right but um you know there's absolutely some some things that needed to be pointed out um and first of all it's it comes it starts with the the start and lineup change they went with Tory Craig instead of Josh Akogi I understood the rationale behind it I just wish that that unit got more reps and were able to I I wish that 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 starting 5 was able to get more reps more minutes in the regular season just to get a level of chemistry in there and absolutely in that first quarter they looked a little discombobulated now that could definitely be from whatever rust may come after resting your core four in the last two games and then sitting a week but that's certainly inexcusable with the talent that they have 18 points and shooting below 40 percent that's not good and that's that is unacceptable for a team with as much scoring as they do but outside of that, I think the starters did play relatively well. Book was outstanding, uh, particularly on the defensive end. Oh, dang it. They removed a block, and maybe it was rightfully so, but he ended up with three blocks and four steals. Um, one of them was, he, I, I believe he fronted the post on Kawhi Leonard, and he was able to get the tip, but he was tipping it out of bounds, and he goes ahead and saves it himself. And it ends up perfectly in Torrey Craig's hands, who goes down in transition for an end one layup. He was really making winning plays, uh, uh, you know, with a play like that. Uh, there is a point in the game where uh, he really uh, scouted out this uh, lob pass near the near the wing, and uh, he was able to intercept that. Uh, there was a point in time where he dove on the ground and went toe-to-toe -to -toe in that little wrestling match, whatever you want to call it, with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, that's the type of winning energy that a team like this needs, especially in the in the wake of, a you know, the last time that they were in the playoffs. They didn't show any of that, and I think that had to have been a big point of emphasis on books and to kind of try to exercise those demons, right? Uh, outside of that, he, he needs to get his three-point going. 0 of 3 from downtown. He has been shooting sub-30% over the last two weeks of the season from downtown. He's still able to make his mark from 
uh, everywhere else, absolutely. But uh, you wish that that three-point shot could get going because if you, I mean, I do think that three-point shooting is the name of the game, um, and I think that this is a team that should be a good three-point shooting team, and that's that hasn't really been the case, um, and Booker needs to improve in that. Durant with 27 points, 9 rebounds, and 11 assists. Uh, near triple-double on 7-15 shooting, 2 blocks, a steal, in 45 minutes. Now, you would go ahead and think that those two guys, you know, with the performances that they had, that they should be the guys shooting the shots, getting the possessions that they needed near the end of the game. In the last... Five minutes and nine seconds of this game. Book and Durant only took three total shots. And Torrey Craig, DeAndre Ayton, and Chris Paul took seven of them. I just find that to be relatively strange. We know what the results come from a Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton pick and roll. That really is such a damn good pick and roll duo. I just think that the the personnel kind of outweighs the results in that aspect. And you, at that point in time, when you have a guy that was as hot as Kawhi, when you have guys that are able to shoot the ball as well as Eric Gordon does, as well as Norman Powell does, you kind of can't be doing the same pick and roll with the same two players. You need your best scorers with the ball. And I think that there's a level of balance that this team really emphasizes. And it's not a bad thing by any means if you want to have stuff be balanced. But in positions like that, you kind of have to go off script. And I think that this is a team that doesn't really know how to work off script. Uh, at least in this system. And, you know, a lot of that is employed by Monty Williams, who employs a .5 system... Um, which is, you know, make a decision within uh, in less than 0.5 seconds, whether that be shooting, dribbling, or passing. That has gotten emphasized over and over again, where you see a bunch of Spain pick and rolls, where you see a bunch of double drag plays, double pick and rolls. You know, this is a team that, you know, really operates in, in the mid-range area, they really like that that area of the court and they try to dominate that area of the court within those sets. But I think, you know, I think that Mani doesn't really know how to play off script. I don't think that he has been very good, uh, at least as of late. Not saying that he can't change it, but uh, the in-game adjustments in this game was really frustrating. He was very frustrating, just to put it bluntly. Um, I was able to ease into the uh, the starting lineup change because Torrey Craig was awesome in this game. 22 points, 9 of 12 from the field, 2 of 4 from downtown, along with the steal. He played really well. Uh, defensively, you could... I mean, we don't expect him to hold Kawhi Leonard to less than 20 points. That's not what we're saying, but you definitely don't want him to score 38 points. But T. Craig awesome was hitting his shots he was cutting to the basket defending hard making it tough 
and you appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Um, where was I going with with Monty? That's right. The six man, the six deep rotation that they had. They played eleven guys today. Just a strange decision. I know that they don't have their feel for, you know, all of these players yet because, you know, it's just been a strange year for the Suns where they've had to employ so many different starting lineups. I mean, at one point we had Dario Sarge and Jack Landale starting in the same lineup. You know, there's it's just been a weird season for the Suns, but, and, you know, campaign was out. And as chaotic as he can be as a, as a shot taker, you, we were able to see the uh, the absence of uh, the speed off the bench, the creation for himself and others off the bench. That was certainly missing in this game. But going six guys deep was just relatively strange. Landry Shamit, just simply put, has not been a very good basketball player ever since he came back from his injury. And I'm going to look this up again. I, I keep messing up with this stuff i'm you know for future podcasters maybe go ahead and do your research first before you get into this again i'm i'm tired let me look this up real quick um stats last 10 games for landry shaman uh five points three assists i'm looking at the three point percentage again shooting 32 percent from downtown and I think that he's only played, you know, let's go the last 20 games. The last 20 games that he's played. Um, how many games is that? Jesus Christ. 3 4 5 So he's not shot the ball well from beyond the arc. Um, the last 10 games only shooting 32% from downtown and it's been months just to put it bluntly and we brought him in to be this sniper and you could very much tell that the trade, it was Landry Shamit for Dayron Sharp, who is the backup center for the Nets, and Javon Carter, who is a legitimate piece for that Bucks team. It's just a bad trade. And Landry Shamit, I don't think, has done enough to um, warrant as many minutes as he has gotten, and he's gotten 24 minutes. Uh, Jock Landale, 8. Ish Wainwright, 7. Nakogi, 7. Biombo 5. Terrence Ross, 4. I just felt like in a situation like this, you know, they play, they put out a lineup with, you know, just to leave Booker out on an island. It was Book, Shamit, Josh Akogi, Ish Wainwright, and Jock Landale. And in another lineup, it was Bismack Biombo. It's Devin Booker and a bunch of fake 3 and D guys, I'll put it. Uh, I don't think that there's been too many guys that have warranted a position in um in the rotation just yet and i understand the experimentation but i think that if you're gonna go six deep then i think that you should go with two guys that have legitimately been buckets for you uh a guy that you brought in to be in an integral part in the rotation a six man damn near with terrence ross trying to ease him into that role and you're and he only gets this short leash of four minutes tj warren they brought back in the kevin durant trade and seemingly earned it uh, over the last three weeks of play. At least a spot, at least a shot, and he doesn't get any minutes this game. Um, you know that, that. You know that's the aspect of it all that's definitely frustrating. You, you wish that some of those guys were out there. You wish that you had a little bit. You were able to have more creation in your bench. Um, 
and you could get it with those guys, I think that Monty really trusts in the guys that uh, he has confidence in or at least has been in this system and knows this system for such a long time. And sometimes that just may not be the best case scenario because at that point you're trusting in players that aren't worthy of being in a spot. Guys like Ish Wainwright, you know, that's one of them. Landry Shamit is one of them. Credit Landry, you know, he does navigate um, on the pick and roll defense and really tries out there. But if you're if we're getting nothing out of the one thing that we tell him to do, and that's shoot the ball, he's damn near zero. That's frustrating. The last frustrating part about Monty this game, again, it's the it's just the substitutions and at the, the time that they come. You know, we understand the rotations, that was frustrating, but those a lot of those lineups came after um they jump start a 15 to nothing run in the third quarter and it completely shut down the momentum for the suns it's just weird it's just it was a weird game that you could tell they were just experimenting and maybe that wasn't really the best decision but i think that uh i i i would like to believe that monty can make these adjustments for next game but this team it really is such a wild card um at least when it comes to coaching. So I guess that's just going to be a little bit more of a wait and see. And I guess to also add on to the Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they need the ball in their hands. I do kind of want to voice the the frustration that I have a little bit. Uh, I think that I've already, I, I have more frustrations to, to talk about in this episode um, but I, I tend to believe in this system a lot. I really like the, the sets that they run that allow book, uh, Durant to get these open looks. I appreciate Durant trying to get everybody else involved, but it, there's points where it just feels like they should be taking the, taking over a little bit. That might just be them having to kind of go against what CP and uh, Monty Williams kind of emphasize within the flow of this offense. But again, like this game is about a bucket and you have two guys that can legitimately get you star powered buckets. And you have two other guys that come off the bench that can um, give you some really nice stuff in the scoring department as well. And it feels like we're just using our two max guys as decoys and trying to outsmart these teams and trying to make our third and fourth options uh, the main story. And I, I'm not really for that. It does kind of, it, it does agitate me a little bit um, that Durant book as generous as they are trying to be these off ball threats um, as well as, you know, being facilitators and initiators of offenses. I think there is just a level of those two need it. I don't want them to be decoys. I want them to be used for how they're, you know, what their talent should be used as, what they should be used for, and that's scoring. 
and obviously you got your other stuff here and there, but it should be scoring. And I feel very strongly that, you know, they should really go against their philosophy and really try to take over one of these games. And we're doing good on time. I'm trying to keep this under 40 minutes. I mean, I don't want this to be a rant for all. Um, there was a point in the game where the Clippers got three straight offensive rebounds. Uh, I think it was within like the last minute, 10 seconds. Um, and there's been a lot of blame going around on Aiton, at least disappointment in the rebounding effort um, by Aiton in that stretch. I always felt like, you know, I understand the sentiment because I do think that that's probably his best traits that he could offer at this point, at least with the role that he's been given. And, you know, getting out rebounded by the smallest player on the court, Chris Paul, is absolutely not ideal. But I will say this, you know, Ivica Zubots has a rebounding percentage of 19 and a half. And... I'm not sure if this guy's uh, statistics is complete because I only see a couple of players, but at least in the couple of players that I'm seeing, he would lead the le- lead the league in rebounding percentage, and that's just a tough ask. You know, he's got he got 15 rebounds this game of Vitsa Zubats. He's legitimately one of the the best rebounders in this game. Uh, it's hard going toe to toe with him when he really crashes like that. I don't want to cut eight and, you know, all the slack, but I do think that, uh, I do think that there is a level of battle that I saw out of Aiton and plenty more of those. I will say, you know, with that in mind, I don't think that anybody on that team, on our team, was, uh, really trying to get the rebound or, you know, wasn't putting in enough effort at least when it came to the fundamentals of boxing out, you know, Russell Westbrook is making his uh, making his name as a starting point guard right now by crashing the glass and irritating people from behind. And, you know, he got an offensive rebound at some point uh, within that 30-second, 40-second stretch. And, you know, that, that's got to be what it comes down to. You know, the Suns really do have to lock in on so many areas, which includes boxing out because this team does have an emphasis on crashing the glass on all faucets. And we have guys that can legitimately rebound. DA, Torrey Craig, Josh Akogi, Kevin Durant. Uh, if you want to put in Jock Landale, that's fine too. So there's guys that can do it. They just have to fundamentally lock in. And I do think that just being fundamentally locked in, uh, you know, the lack thereof by the Suns this game, at least to start it off, definitely cost them. Um, the rebounding effort does have to go up by everybody else. And I do think that it'll... Uh, be cleaned up at some point as hard as it is going to be when you have a team that really emphasizes crashing the glass. And in general, just the Suns haven't been the greatest rebounding team. I mean, they got their asses handed to on the rebounding uh, statistic in that finals um, series. So it's not entirely surprising on my end, but you wish that it was better. 
outside of that, let's see, the bench definitely needs to play better. You need to play Ross and Warren more, at least in my eyes, at least give those guys a little bit more of a shot, especially when you had roles given to them. Maybe not promise, but just, you know, Ross is expected to be a six man. Warren is expected to be a shot creator. And uh, I just think that he sh- they should get more run. And I I think I have one more. I have one more. That's it's Chris Paul. I said this on the last episode. I said this on the radio show, and maybe I worded it in a way that kind of hurts Chris Paul. Uh, I said ego is going to be his biggest issue, and what might hold the Suns back. I don't, you know, I'll say I'll dumb it down and say maybe not ego, but maybe pride. I think that Chris Paul is is prideful in his performance and being one of the top guys, given that he had been one of those top guys for, you know, a decade plus. And uh, that definitely came in the way. It got in the way of what should have been. Um, it should have been Kevin Durant and Devin Booker having the ball late in that fourth quarter. And uh, he he took three floaters, two runners, three floaters, two runners. I know that he took three shots uh, in that fourth quarter and missed all of them. I do think that he could, I think that he could have gotten so many of those at the beginning of the game. And I do question that because they were playing in this deep drop that would have allowed CP to take so many floaters at the beginning of the game and he passed them up. Why I'm not gonna say why take him now because if you're open you're open, but at the end of the day you can't, you know Monty can go ahead and say you can run your sets, go ahead and run these sets, but at the end of the day Chris Paul is the point guard and Chris Paul is the enforcer of what, um, what the offense is going to do, and I think that um, Chris Paul understands that it benefits everybody, which includes himself. And I think that at this stage, he's he's. I think that the pride is still getting in the way of what can be. Um, he's got. I do think that he has to understand, and I hope he understands at some point that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and to some extent DeAndre Ayton, need the ball way more in their hands than Chris Paul does, especially at the end of the game. Um, he. I might as well say the stats. Seven points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, two of eight shooting, one of two from downtown, two steals. I just think that why I don't think that he should be the one trying to close this game out, and he continuously did. And it forced Suns in a tough situation where, you know, the two the two top dogs weren't getting their shots. And at the end of the day, it's what it comes down to. It's your star power, and I don't think that Chris Paul is a star necessarily at this point. He has spurts, but he's not that anymore. And, you know, if the pride and the ego, if we, if you want to say it that way, continues to get in the way of the, the actual destination, then the Suns, are in no business of winning a championship this year. A little bit harsh, especially since it's one game. 
Um, but again, we've seen this over and over again from Chris Paul. It happened in New Orleans. It happened in with the Clippers looking off his star teammates. It happened in Houston. It happened with the with the Suns the last two playoffs. I think that something needs to change mindset-wise on his end. But uh, again, that's a, it's a little harsh, but I do hold him to a bit higher of expectations is all. Um, outside of that, I don't think that this change is too much for me on my end. I do think that uh, the Suns can take care of business. I do think that uh, everything that... I saw was really fixable. I don't think that we're going to see, you know, this Durant Booker, you know, stinker first quarter performances again. Um, I think that they're going to get to their spots, get to their shots um, and make them more. I think that the the Clippers don't have the necessary defenders to, to lock them down or limit them to whatever they're going to try to limit them to. Um, but I do think that the Clippers put up a good fight, and you got you got to understand if you're from the Suns' perspective that the Clippers aren't aren't an easy out, and that they're going to keep coming. Um, you know, Russ is going to continue crashing the glass. Kawhi is going to continue to score and elevate everybody else. Eric Gordon, Nick Batum, they're going to continuously shoot. Uh, same with Bones Highland. And if you want to win in this game, you got to make the necessary adjustments and you got to make your shots. Uh, and I think both of the, both teams have coaches that can make adjustments. One is great at it. The other one can. And I think that both of the teams have star power to um, carry their teams, essentially. It's going to be a fun series. This was a fun game one outside of the loss um, from from my team. But uh, this should be a fantastic series, and um, I kind of just want to fast forward and just see the results because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could wait another 24 hours for um, for game two. Again, that's, that's really all I have. I want to keep recording, um, you know, short little episodes like this, uh, talk about a game that I watched and... Uh, you know, I might not do be able to do it every time, uh, for every game or every day thereof. You know, I got, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I got work in the nighttime and, you know, I, I don't know if I'll be able to catch any of these games. Jesus, this is, everything doesn't, all right, the Clippers game, the Clippers game on Saturday, I know that I can do. The Clippers game on Saturday, I could do. But other than that, I'm going to try to do my best on um, on just kind of pumping out episodes and podcasts. Again, tune into the radio show. That's where you'll get a bulk of my um, playoff thoughts. I think we only have two episodes left, too, um, or two shows left. So I- I'd love for you guys to tune in. Uh, Blaze Radio Online. Four to five Arizona time. Um, again, it's me. It's Will Haran. It's Griffin Greenberg. Just all talking hoops, and that's probably my favorite thing to do. Considering that I haven't uploaded a football episode on uh, the rebranded uh, version of this show, but uh, I think we're going to continue to to stick to hoops. 
again, I appreciate you guys tuning into this episode. Um, I hopefully I'll be back and be recording tomorrow. Um, all right. You guys have a good one. Y'all stay well. Y'all stay safe. And I will see y'all in the next one.